Welcome to Pat Sherlock's podcast series, interviews with top mortgage sales leaders. Learn practical tips for improving sales management results. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Pat Sherlock, and welcome to the podcast. Today's topic is construction perm lending, how to do it the right way. I have the perfect expert, Brent Green. He's mortgage sales manager for Lake Michigan Credit Union. Brent has a long career in mortgage banking. He is chairman of the CMB Society, and in addition, has a former president of the Michigan Mortgage Bankers. Hi, Brent. Hey, Pat. How are you? Oh, great. This is such a hot topic, especially now that we're in a purchase money market. But before we jump into that topic that we're going to talk about today, I'm curious, how did you get into mortgage banking? Quite by accident, I think, as, as most people do. I was uh, I was working in cellular phones at the time and was looking to get a different job. My dad suggested I interview at Republic Bank in Owasso, Michigan, where I grew up. And uh, being that I was already in sales, they thought uh, mortgage origination was a good fit was a good fit. So it's been there uh, ever since. Since you've been in mortgage banking for a long time, who has had the most, I guess, impact in your career? Who was the the mentor that really, you know, shaped kind of your view? You know, initially, one of my was a chief lending officer at Republic Bank. He had initially got me kind of rolling and understanding more complex lending, how to put portfolio type transactions together. And then that that's just kind of continued through each company. I've always had at least uh, at least one or two people that I've uh, shouldered up with to understand better how to uh, how to play this game, how to how to handle everything in a in a risk uh, risk adverse manner. So I've had a few. I've, I've got one right now. Actually, my my senior VP is uh, Eric Bergoon. He and I partnered up eight years ago, and it's been going really well. Well, that's great. And like many people, we all have people that have been very important to us for sure. Talk about your challenges in your current position. And certainly this is a more difficult marketplace for sure. Yeah. So I still do originate. So I've got that as an extraordinary challenge right now. The business is, is obviously much slower. And I guess you could, you could put it back to uh, the last rate increases the Fed did maybe in 2018. Uh, where business slowed up a little bit, but but this has been a very challenging environment. You don't have a lot of inventory. Builders have pulled back, and and people have generally pulled back. So it's it's a, a little more challenging than than what we've seen here in the recent past. As far as what I do for Lake Michigan Credit Union, I I'm involved in the policy side as well as origination. So it's it's really managing that relationship with the MBA. And dealing with things that are that are come out of uh, out of a regulatory framework, like uh, just the other day, the loan level price adjustments were released. That's quite a challenge, actually. When you look at uh, a new uh, adjustment for DTI, that's um, that's going to be an unusual an unusual uh, animal to deal with just because income can be subjective. I do agree. It's interesting about the loan level price adjustment that that seems to really have the industry in a hurry up mode of trying to, to, to get it all out so I can hear what you're saying. So talk about trends. And since you've been doing the, the mortgage side for quite a long time, the trends that you think mortgage lenders need to be looking at that maybe possibly they're not. You know, I think I think actually everybody is 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 on the same page with with regard to the current economic mm-hmm. stat, status. You're looking at what is what's coming and what's showing out there. The leading economic indicators are all dropping. We're 
we're looking at a recession uh, more than likely. Um, and, and through that, you also then see better interest rates. The forecasts, I think, are, are right on the money with having rates come down. So I don't I don't generally play the, the buy-down game, 2-1, buy-downs. I, I, I find that to be less impactful to the customer than if they just got a credit for the cash and had the access to the cash. Because when that gets escrowed, it's one of those things that it just, I don't like to do it that way. I would prefer the customer have the cash and be able to apply their own payment that way. Sure. Um, that that said, one of the items that I look at is strategies with financing are, are to really be more robust with our ARM products mm-hmm. and uh, and then plan on a, on a refinance as rates come down through uh, 2023 and 2024. Well, that's what we're hoping for. That's for sure. But it'll be interesting to see how it really plays out, especially when you're moving into a national election on the presidential side. That always seems to have some big impact. Is there any other issues that you think mortgage bankers should be looking at that, that you don't think that they, they are? Well, at the moment, I think, you know, your servicing, your MSRs are in good shape. That could change, uh, obviously, as rates come down and the prepayment speeds increase. That's uh, mm-hmm. that's something that uh, you got to look at down the road a little bit. But but otherwise, I think everybody is, has been really watching this. And, and if you're reading any of the any of the material that's out there, it's all right along that same line. Uh, very instructional. And I Unless you're brand new to the game, you're seeing you're seeing the same things I'm seeing, I would say. Yeah, that's for sure. Interesting market, to say the least. Well, that leads us to our main topic, which is the construction perm lending. And I was certainly interested in the fact that you have been involved with the construction perm side of origination for a long time and actually have been involved with it from the standpoint relatively when it was new at your lender, now into, I think you said it was four to five billion in production that you've done over the years. So talk to us about uh, the construction perm, why lenders should be involved with it, why does it make sense, why should a loan officer actually dedicate themselves to that that market? For your lenders, I, I think that it offers a an additional product that you can offer out there where you aren't just trying to get the realtor business, you're also able to partner up with the builders. They have uh, definitely uh, a great loyalty streak. Their customers tend to be higher end. Those loans tend to be larger. Everything about construction permanent financing uh, in the past several years has been a little bit higher level clientele. So you're working through higher credit, you're working through uh, larger loans, more reserves. I just think it's a great product for for lenders to offer. So what are some of the things, Brent, that from your standpoint that you've learned over taking it from a very small part of your origination business to really being quite substantial in your marketplace? So what are the things that you put in place or, or th- the kind of strategies that actually made it move from, I know that at one point they were doing somewhere around 500 million to now they're doing, you know, 10 times that. What what happened from your viewpoint that really took it to the next level? You know, when you're building out a construction permanent product, it isn't just about your loan officers and what they bring in. It really is all about your back office. Your builders need to have some, they need to be able to rely on you to process a draw quickly and efficiently. And you need to be, you know, risk averse with that. You have to, you have to really have some some governors in place uh, to manage your own risk. But that's really where the 
that loyalty from builders comes from is just how you handle their draws. They go through such pain with some, you know, there's, there's fewer lenders in this space and certain institutions have a reputation for being very difficult to get draws from, whereas other ones uh, tend to be viewed more positively. And, and you really want that robust back office. That's one of the most important things to building that business. And so when you're looking at, when you're now mentioning, talking about the builder side, what are some of the hesitations that builders have? Uh, how difficult is it to really d- displace another lender? In other words, talk about from the marketing standpoint, are these large builders you're dealing with? Or are these really kind of local people that specialize? Talk about um, how you market to them. Yeah, it's it's both. There are large builders that we partner with. Uh, we have strong commercial relationships with, as well as uh, doing their residential building. There's also the the smaller custom builder. They both they both require you know for the loan officer to be competent, to know what they're doing, and to get their customers through the difficulty of a mortgage process with with ease and understanding what they have to do. It's got a lot more moving parts. So one of the most important aspects from the sales and marketing standpoint is your loan officer being educated. How how to read a, you know, for different markets, it's it's a little bit different, but certain markets have sworn statements. You need to understand how to how to manage that spreadsheet. Other markets may not have that particular document, but they have other requirements uh, associated with liens and, uh, and and positioning on the property. It's it's quite complex, and and definitely your your loan officers tend to be more. Uh, they don't tend to be rookies, right? They tend to be more educated, a little bit more sophisticated. And so, talk about that from the standpoint. Obviously, many loan officers view that product as something that has a long lead time to it, in addition to the loan closing way you know down the road. Talk about kind of how that fits in a product line for a loan officer. So depending on how you structure the program, uh, presently I'm structured on a, on a single closing construction permanent loan. There's also a, a two closing where it's a construction loan and then you refinance into an end mortgage. That's common amongst brokers or institutions that don't have the full secondary apparatus to manage a, a single note closing. Mm-hmm. But you're, you're talking about from a single, when you're doing that single note close, you're closing within typically 30 to 60 days from the date that you get a contract. So for that loan officer, the deal is more complex. They do have more moving parts. It does take a little bit longer to get to the closing table, but then it's after the closing, you've got that customer going through a draw process and monthly payments. You've got a builder submitting draws. You can have, it can just be a lot more high touch with the client. You're you're dealing with them over and over again throughout the course of the build rather than just once when they buy the house and off they go. It definitely, I think, builds more loyalty with uh, with both the referral source, the builder, their salespeople, and as well as the client, because you're handling those clients, uh, their concerns and their issues for a year, year and a half, just depending on how big the house is and how long it takes to build. So, Brent, in your experience, because this is somewhat of more, it is more complex. So, have you seen it where a loan officer does realtor business and does the builder business? I mean, are they doing both parts, or or do you see it where it's typically a hundred percent? I'm going to be a builder loan officer. No, it's always there's always a mix. Um, your loan sense. officers are going to grab that low hanging fruit when they can, of course, and then sure. uh, the more complex transactions. Uh, do take up some time, but it, it all depends on what the, the loan officer really 
prefers, but that low-hanging fruit is hard to resist. What are the, some of the things, I mean, you talked about the back office and talk about what are some of the lessons that you've learned? And if you had to do it over again, what are the, some of the shortcuts that you would have taken? You know, so one of the major lessons I think is you need to vet the builder that you're working with. When when things go sideways as the as the business cycles, right? Everything always cycles. You, you'll have boom and bust and a builder can experience that as well. They can become overextended, they can get into trouble. Vetting those builders is extremely important. There are institutions that don't and I think that they end up getting out of it or regretting it. Uh, for, for lack of a better, they, it really is painful when a builder goes down and you've got multiple transactions that are half built. Those, those borrowers are in, are in dire straits as well as, you know, your team has got dedicated time to that. And then you have to work through if they're filing bankruptcy or something along those lines, you have to work through those, those processes to get the, those houses done. That can be quite complicated. So having a robust application for active builders uh, where you vet them, both commercial credit, if not personal credit, uh, you're looking at all of their uh, references, uh, whether that's past builds or suppliers uh, for labor and materials. But you're really vetting that out and making sure that these guys don't have a history of problems. It is a much better world all the way around when you when you don't have builders that have significant problems. And so looking back over some of the markets that were actually, you know, challenging, which would be a few years ago, did that change your criteria of risk analysis of the builder or are, have you stayed pretty much steady in the same focus of how you look at the, the risk element? I think we've stayed fairly steady with it. Um, you can't make it so onerous that they, that you, you know, can't approve every builder. But you need to have some standards that are set in place, uh, whether that's uh, you know credit score standards, or the red flags that come up within uh, within the analysis of whether they paid bills on time, how many lien waivers have shown up, that kind of a thing. It's just when you see the the crises happen, like in 2008, where, where so many went went out of business and they were in the middle of projects. Working through that is a major ordeal. Uh, right now, builders are are a little bit distressed, although. People tend, I think, to have a little bit more money from the pandemic boom, but that's still right now with the business being cut off, if they were overextended or being a little too aggressive, there's a lot of distress out there for that. And you're starting to see a few that are that are having trouble. So it's, it's good to have that vetting process and make sure that you're not you're not getting into uh, into a transaction that can really turn upside down on you. Right. So, so Brent, when you look at, and I'm curious about from a risk standpoint, uh, do you stay within geographic areas or do you become like a national lender uh, with on the builder side? For me, it's always been somewhat in a geographic area. Sure. Um, when you're dealing with builders that are outside of your lending footprint, so to speak, you don't know those markets as well. And you also don't necessarily have those construction lending laws for those areas. Uh, although there are repositories where you can get that kind of data and information, the title companies are great at carrying that, some of the national ones. But nonetheless, I, being that it's a higher intensive, uh, work intensive product, I would stay within a lending footprint. I would not go national with a with a draw lending program. There's just far too much risk uh, if you if you are not a national have a national presence in each of the markets that you're mm -hmm. or a presence in each market that you're into. That could be dicey. I wouldn't do that. 
Now, that's actually good advice. That's why I was asking that question. Well, we only have a few minutes left. Uh, a couple takeaways that you would say for our listeners regarding how to do it the right way doing construction perm. You know, I, I believe that you need to solidly educate your sales force. So your loan officers need to understand that product. Uh, sometimes you, you get that expertise through recruiting. Uh, you might find that uh, a financial institution, you got a couple of players in the construction business that understand what they're doing. That can be useful. And then I think it, when you're talking about back office, uh, getting a person in charge of the construction draw process and administration uh, that is well versed in that field. And again, that's that's through recruiting. It's really difficult to just pick it up from scratch. So I, I would think that, you know, if you're looking to start this, I'm actually happy to take anybody's call if they want to reach out to me. But if you're going to do this, really it's through recruiting. Starting something from scratch can be very difficult. Well, that's certainly words of wisdom for sure. And I want to thank Brad for sharing all of it today. And I want to thank my listeners for certainly we appreciate you spending time with us. Thanks so much, Brad. Hey, thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We appreciate you spending time with us. If your sales team needs training in hiring and lead generation, schedule a free consultation by emailing me at psherlock at qfsconsulting.com.